0: Welcome to Drive Time, the UCLA Anderson Fully Employed MBA Program Podcast. My name is Dylan Stafford, and I have a a very special treat this afternoon. Akshay Grover is a second year student, a member of the FEMBA class of 2018. And he's just got a fascinating story. This is a global citizen that you would expect to be in class with at a school like UCLA. And we have a lot of global citizens. Specifically, what I appreciate about Akshay is we have two connections. He works for Siemens, which is where I started my career post MBA. I was there for six and a half years, so it's very near and dear to my heart. And then he has a sister who went to Texas A&M, my alma mater from undergrad. I mean, you're just going to learn a lot. Uh, At Siemens, Akshay works as the senior sales executive with Siemens Building Technologies, and he got into that job right after undergrad and has really ridden that job from the Middle East to California, all the way to being interviewed with Time Magazine last fall on a very big and successful project that's really looking at how can government Work more efficiently. How can we build our societies in a more energy responsible way? He's been on a global immersion. You're going to hear about that. Uh, He's been very involved on campus, both in extracurriculars. Uh, He's he's had leadership positions in clubs here. He's won a case competition with Net Impact. You'll hear about that. And then he's got a nonprofit. So we have a lot to cover. It's just my pleasure to introduce you to Akshay Grover. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Dylan. It's uh, absolutely a pleasure, and I feel really honored to be here.
0: Why don't we jump right in? So you were you were born in New Delhi, but you branched out pretty quickly. Why don't you tell people a little about your story?
1: So I was born in New Delhi uh, in India, and I moved out of uh, out of India at the age of 18. I moved to Dubai uh, to get my engineering degree. Um, so this was an Indian school that had a campus in Dubai, uh, and I started my four year engineering degree right off the bat when I moved to uh, Dubai. So I'm an electrical engineer by degree, just the way we have the Global Access Program, GAP program here at UCLA. The the engineering college had a program called Practice School, where in, in the last semester of your fourth year, you get to intern with Fortune 500 companies based on your GPAs. I was excited because I got into Siemens as uh, as a company that I could intern with. So I started working as an intern for them for Siemens Building Technologies, which was exciting in its own way because I got to work with some really cool and marquee projects in Dubai. I worked with the Palm Islands. I worked at mm. the Atlantis Hotel Palm Jamera. I worked at the Emirates Airlines headquarters, the Dubai World Airport. I mean those are huge. Those projects. are huge projects for someone who's right off out of college, you know, with just four years of engineering experience and not really hands-on experience. But that was fun because I feel like now the fact that I've worked on such huge projects, any other projects that I work from here on are just fairly easy to work on. It's an interesting place to be, Dubai. You know, it's 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 growing. Uh, it's as glitzy as it gets, and it's it's a very very global economy. It's one of the most fascinating economies of the twenty first century. So, yeah, I, I worked for Siemens for uh, three and a half years, and that that made my stay in Dubai for for around seven years.
0: So that's that's amazing. And, and your school was actually Bits
1: Pilani. So Birla Institute of Technology and Science Pilani. So it's an Indian private engineering school that had a campus in Dubai. And one of the reasons I wanted to move to Dubai was... You know, one, it's just a three-hour flight away from home, so so families close by. And second, well, you can't it, go home and do laundry on the weekend, but but kind of close. I yeah. have done that. Oh, you I have, have done that for the first year, but I've actually done laundry, <laughs> uh, took a flight, and got all that stuff done.
0: <laughs> Survival
1: trips of the freshman year, exactly. But. It, it was my first step towards being global. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dubai, as we all know, is the melting pot of cultures. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's as diverse as it gets. My my engineering class had, you know, over 15 ethnicities and nationalities in my class. And we're talking not talking about business schools. We're talking about engineering schools, which, which made my
0: four years in school really, really exciting. Mm. Well, and, and earlier when we spoke, you said that, you know, you moved 8,000 miles for UCLA and that UCLA was a dream school for you. Those are high accolades and I'm just curious, like when did you start to learn about UCLA? We'd like to say as an institution that those four letters, UCLA, mm-hmm. as they're pronounced in many parts of the world, they really do have a lot of weight. And so how did how did UCLA get on your radar screen?
1: UCLA is big, I feel everywhere, not just not just in the United States but abroad. If there's one school that everyone knows off, you know, be it in India or be it in, even in Dubai, it is UCLA. Right from high school, I had friends going to UCLA. I was watching okay. Bruin games. Uh, I was watching football games and basketball games. And I had researched a lot uh, mm-hmm. online and, you know, taken those online 360-degree views of school okay. where oh, you of see where what is. And I always had this aspiration. There was some connection. Somehow I felt like this is the school I want to go to. Right? Sometimes you don't really have a reason, but you really want to achieve something in life. And UCLA happened to be that, that one thing for me. And no matter what I did and what direction I went to in life, I always had that dream at the back of my head. Um, And that's kind of what got me to to bring up the whole aspect of getting a part time MBA at uh, one of my performance evaluation meetings with my with my manager in Dubai. So mm-hmm. here I was three and a half years of, of work in Siemens, my very first role. And all of a sudden in one one performance evaluation meeting, I brought up to my, my manager that I want to move to Los Angeles. I'll either get a full-time MBA, uh, which means I will leave Siemens, or if you can help me move to Los Angeles within Siemens, I'll stick with Siemens and get a part-time MBA. My my manager preferred the latter, which which happened to be a really good decision for both of us because I love... Working for Siemens, it's it's a great company. It's a global company. You know, mobility is very easy within mm-hmm. the organization. Even though it wasn't from the Middle East to the U.S., and I had to go via Germany HR to really move to U.S. That had its own. <laughs> uh, I was the first person to ever interviewed on Skype internally. And I was the first one to actually move from the Middle East to Siemens U.S. offices, wow. uh, which was which was exciting because it kind of made me feel I'm important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it got me one step closer. So from 8000 miles, I was only 40 miles away from UCLA.
0: <laughs> so where were the offices? Are they in Irvine or? Uh,
1: they're in Orange County, in in Orange Cyprus? County. Yes. OK, in
0: Cyprus. OK, perfect. Oh, that's great. Well, let's kind of fast forward. So let's tell people about. What you've been working on with the County of San Bernardino and, and how that's really opened up to being interviewed by Time. and So I, I work for Siemens here, uh, Siemens Building Technologies here in
1: Orange County. We work on energy efficiency, sustainability, building automation systems, cloud-based energy monitoring platforms, data analytics. UCLA happens to be one of our customers okay. uh, when it comes to air conditioning and, and monitoring energy usage for for the campus. But I predominantly work with local governments, which includes cities and counties and municipals, and I work with uh, local elected officials um, to help make government buildings such as city halls and public libraries more efficient, more sustainable. It's something that I really, really love. I feel like it has an aspect of engineering, it has an aspect of sales, and it has an aspect of giving back to the nature in the form of energy savings and, mm-hmm. and, and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So county of San Bernardino happens to be one of the biggest customers I manage out of this branch for Siemens and it's also one of the largest counties in United States. It's 20,000 square miles. If someone has to travel just to kind of change a temperature set point from one building to another, it could take over 90 minutes one way which means that the county bigger than a lot of the states on the East Coast it is yeah. it's even bigger than a few countries yeah. um, and uh, <laughs> I mean the county of San Bernardino facility staff, they were driving these 90 minute drives to just diagnose mechanical issues. They had uncomfortable building occupants at some point of time because the infrastructure was aging. They had high utility bills. They were not that energy efficient at that time. Right. Course, it's a hot county. It's physically it is, hot. It is at a location where the temperatures are really high. You know, they had they were paying for overtime hours. They were paying for fuel costs, and that's where you know Siemens came in and partnered with the county. The cool thing was, I feel like I, I started this project when I was in the first year of UCLA, and uh, The key aspect behind this project was to really get different departments of the county together, which is hard in any government organization. Uh, So I was able to get uh, the information services division, which is basically the data center of the entire county, the department of facilities that manages all of infrastructure of the county, and the department of real estate that manages all buildings uh, in the county together in one room. And together, we developed this whole technology roadmap, this sustainability Mm. plan for the county for the next five years upgrading all of their building equipment, getting them to high-speed internet-based solutions, doing retro-commissioning in their buildings, and getting kind of more out of that existing investment. The result was, you know, they were able to save over half a million dollars in energy savings, natural gas, overtime hours and they're still saving that money mm-hmm. uh, which means they're pumping this money back into the economy which can be used for so many other reasons these are eventually tax dollars so we're we're better utilizing tax money for the county and when we were doing this project we were approached by time magazine and they were right about the time when they were launching this new segment called american genius um, mm. so if you go to timing studios they have on their website they have this 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 page on american genius where they're going around the country and finding cool things done by cool companies and cool projects happening around the country this happened to be the very first that Siemens did globally for time magazine once that happened um, Business Insider magazine approached us because they felt like you know this is something that's changing in the whole government arena mm-hmm. um, and you know government taking big steps towards sustainability and energy efficiency is is definitely big so it's been a it's been a successful project, not just personally but for for the organization, for the government uh, mm-hmm. and it really showcases how. If you have that ability to get people together, align objectives, try to meet that bigger objective of, you know, saving energy or having sustainable buildings, it can be done even though if it's government.
0: I love it. I mean, wow, I still can't believe you're only a year and a half into your program. This is, you've, you've accomplished a lot. So let's um, tell people, I know you're, you're serving as a teaching assistant, a TA for Professor Terry Kramer, and you're working on the first flex delivery of his course. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what it's like to be a TA and, you know, what you're learning from that.
1: Yeah, so I was able to take technology management, one of the electives, last quarter with Professor Terry Kramer, and I was, I was in love with the class. I was in love with the curriculum. I was in love with the professor. Just the way he, he was able to articulate some of the things that we can readily imbibe and, and apply at our daily lives. You know, his, his course is about disruption. It's about disruption mm. in existing industries, how Uber disrupted the taxi industry, how Netflix disrupted the whole blockbuster model. He gets guest speakers from from actual companies. So we had COO of Amazon videos come in and talk about what they're doing to really match up and speed up with with what Netflix is doing. Mm. And that was something really exciting. And for the very first time I found out that I have an element within me that kind of pushes me to go into strategy, you uh, know, in, in a role that that involves global corporate strategy. And that was really exciting. For the first time, I can move to a different different aspect of business altogether. I did fairly well, and uh, I was approached by a professor to to be one of his TA. So we're, we're still going through that TA hiring process, okay. uh, but... It'll be a
0: little quicker than HR in Germany,
1: a little <laughs> bit, I hope. But it's for the first time that he's Developing this this class in a flex format. Nice. You know, his his classes is in, is very high demand, but it happens you know midweek when some of the people from outside of Los Angeles cannot attend because of work schedules. So it was just last week. We were shooting uh, videos and recording his classes at the UCLA studios, which was which was an amazing experience. Uh, you know, seeing professors you know live recording and how amazing they are that they can just stand in in front of camera and still deliver as if they're delivering to 75 students. Oh, nice. um, so I'm I'm really excited for that. It's my first TA role, and one of the reasons I took that role was you know definitely building a strong network with people who are interested in in this arena. Uh, Professor Kramer himself is is a huge resource. You know, you can you can always fall back upon him if you you know need help in any of the Silicon Valley related issues that are happening in today's world. But more importantly, it was giving back to school in some, some shape or form. I mean, we are FEMBA students, so we don't get so much of time on campus as full time students. And there's only so much you can do to give back. And I felt like this is my way of helping, you know, one of the professors and helping UCLA give back and I felt like my time would be would be valuable for a professor to really encourage more students to move into technology, move into strategy, and really bring about that change.
0: That's so fun. So yes, I, I, I don't know what, there seems to be a common theme. Many of the people that I'm interviewing for the podcast have been a TA, and I didn't know so many people chose to move their life around to find the time to do that, but... One of those benefits is that you really get a, a great connection with, yeah, you know. with the professor, with,
1: with new incoming class, and uh, you kind of get a behind-the-scenes experience of what yeah. happens in classes. You know, you always see professors are all prepared and all, you know, they're all ready when they come to class, but what happens behind the scenes, you know, how they prepare for it, how the TAs help them prepare for stuff. It's, it's a, I'm really
0: excited for that experience this summer, and I felt like, what better use of my time this summer than <laughs> being a TA? I think it's really fun, too, to see the Okay, now let's take that and put it into the Flex format. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be on the court helping him, you know, create a whole new pedagogy for the same the same content but delivered in a new channel. Exactly. Well, another thing you've squeezed in, again, I can't believe, the first 18 months, you've already been on a global immersion. So I have. So you went to Germany, of all places. I went to Germany. <laughs> Seems pretty synergistic if you uh, work for Siemens.
1: Uh, yeah, there were, there were multiple reasons why we chose Germany. One, it was Germany. So right. it's, it's Europe. Uh, the other was Professor Nico was coming on it, and he's as German as it gets. <laughs> uh, you know, We took his uh, economics class during the core, time, core session when we found out it, it's Professor Nico and Dean Frischus coming along. I felt like this has to be a fun party. Ah, um, good. So, so the trip was to Berlin, and it was about economic environment and entrepreneurship in Berlin. So uh, we found out that Berlin is the the budding Silicon Valley of uh, of EU. So we went to you know a lot of startups. We went to a lot of incubators. We talked to actual real CEOs of successful companies. We went to the Leipzig Business School and actually saw you know students in action at business schools in Germany. It was a fun action-packed weekend in Berlin. But before that, a few friends squeezed in a trip to Paris and Amsterdam because, of course, when you're traveling to Europe, you have to go to Paris and Amsterdam. It's just over there. Yeah, a three-hour flight away. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) There's a three-hour flight theme in your story. It is. It is. So we, we squeezed in that, and then uh, we had a whole one week of Berlin, which was exciting. Uh, it was the first time we we went to Berlin as a group from UCLA. So there are a lot of new things happening. A lot of really amazing guest speakers talking about different industries. You know, energy, healthcare, higher education, what the government is doing to to promote startups and. It was a different experience than what you get in class. And I would highly, highly recommend, uh, you know, students to take Global Immersion as often as it can, as, as you can. I'm, I'm definitely planning to take another Global Immersion, mm. you know, the next time it's around. Because Do you have you can an idea where you might go next time yet? Anywhere, as long as it's a three-hour flight away from a really cool <laughs> uh, destination. Uh, <laughs> but I felt like you can actually put things into perspective, the things that you learn in class. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the whole global aspect of of immersion really attracted. I was able to then take a flight to Munich with our fellow Fembas for our first Oktoberfest. It was the very first day of Oktoberfest, and the same day that afternoon, we took the the S-Bahn to the Allianz Stadium for a Bayern Munich live soccer game. So that was my very first live soccer game in Munich. On my way back, I was able to stop at the Siemens headquarters in Munich, which is the very first uh, sustainable headquarters for for a German company in Munich, and. Back back to Oktoberfest, <laughs> wrapped up that day, I took a flight next morning to Los Angeles. And we were in class for our next quarter, the next morning.
0: Wow. That, so, so what was the total trip end end? I mean, how, 15 days, 15 days. Yeah. And you squeezed in Northern our, Germany, Southern Germany, Holland and France. Yep. Yeah, that's that's moving at the speed of Femba. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Now, okay. another thing you did. So you were on the winning team for the Net Impact Case Competition. That was this year or last year? Last year. So in your first year? In our first year. Okay, so tell people a little bit about that. What was that like?
1: Yeah, so it was Net Impact Case Competition. The entire team was FEMBA 2018. It was our classmates. We came together. We wanted to really get get a different experience of UCLA. And we felt like starting and participating in case competitions would be would be a good idea. We did apply for a case competition before for Soma. That time I wasn't a part of Soma. I was with T-Mobile mm. and we did not win. And that kind of made us even more motivated to come back and, and prove that we can win nice. uh, despite our jobs and despite a busy schedule. And so we came together. We were lucky that we got a non-profit that had a lot of potential per se. Uh, so we worked with Heal the Bay Aquarium in Santa Monica, which is a facility that's donated by UCLA to the city of Santa Monica. And with the new pier construction that's happening around Santa Monica, they needed to relocate their offices. They need to relocate their whole aquarium and kind of better manage their whole operation, and that's where we came in. We had people, you know, with finance background, with with engineering background, and with sales background. I even inserted some energy savings, you know, in our whole plan. And we of were, course, you as, did. <laughs> <laughs> as a result, we were able to save them over three hundred thousand dollars in just operational savings by combining and consolidating their multiple offices in Santa Monica and leveraging the minimal leasing rates that city of Santa Monica offered to a nonprofit.
0: Wow. Now you talked about with, with your earlier example, the success with the county of San Bernardino, you talked about saving $400,000, but I'm sure that's $400,000 against a much larger budget. For a nonprofit. a $300,000 savings, that's got to be huge. So for San Bernardino, it was half a million. Half a million. Okay. It was half a million dollars of
1: savings in energy. Nice. Uh, okay. For, for, for Heal the Bay, it was $300,000.
0: Yeah. Both of them are noteworthy accomplishments. In terms of, yes. I could just... Imagine being an administrator with Heal the Bay being like, thank you. (laughs) Please come back. Yes. And it was basically
1: just consult. It was. It was consolidating their offices. They had multiple offices. Uh, uh, you and know, all the overhead. And, and all the overhead. And they were paying so much of rent on an office when they could have just consolidated their operations and leveraged the $1 rent that City of Santa Monica charged them. Uh, and they weren't. At that time, when we restructured, we had the whole AutoCAD schedule of how to really you know, seat people. We used the whole new Google-type open office concept for people, divided the whole space into live aquarium exhibits and then certain space for training and then certain space for for office people and we were able to consolidate all of that into one facility and take the benefit of you know minimal rent that city of Santa Monica offers.
0: So you came up with this solution and for this solution you won the first place. We did. In the case competition but how long did you actually so this is 48 hours or 72 hours how long was the case competition? So from
1: the time uh, we got the lead to the end of case competition was two weeks. Um oh, we had, weeks. We okay. had time to go visit the aquarium, so we were... We were oh, we were, okay,
0: so this was a longer format case competition. This was a com- longer
1: format case competition. We were driving up to Santa Monica, uh, interviewing people around the pier to really find out if people really know about this and you know what would be the ideal location for the aquarium. Wow. We were interviewing the employees of the Hilda, Hilda Bay Aquarium and understanding what would they like to see and what would benefit them and what would benefit them in attracting more customers and increasing revenue that kind of formed a bond because, you know, it was a UCLA-donated facility. And then we were, we were helping a nonprofit. It was an amazing experience. We're still in touch with them. We still do, you know, beach cleaning sometimes for wow. them. And we still
0: visit the aquarium. Yeah. What have you heard about? How much of the plan have they been able to execute? Or do you know? Is it too soon to tell? So the city is still working on the, uh, the peer modification.
1: So okay. once that happens, uh, that's when the project will go underway. And we'll be more than happy to help them out, uh, you know, even outside of UCLA. I love it. That is so
0: much. Yeah, it's it's fun to see the results of our work.
1: And it was all time. It was purely time. All we did was carve out time to really go understand, you know, what they really need and understand what they really want from this whole case competition, you know, rather than just considering them just another entity or, mm-hmm. you know, part of the case. It was more of kind of building that relationship with the owners, with, the, with mm. the people who run that organization, with the people who come, the kids that come and, you know, want to see certain things. I feel like it was it was basically just devoting time. To a customer, uh, per se, and then getting more out of out of the case competition. I, I'm really happy that we were able to help them out. We're also in some shape or form lucky because they had such a huge potential, mm-hmm. um, you know, in these savings. It was just that we had a smart group of people that was able to figure out the solution for them.
0: Well, as as we get to the end here, you know, you're balancing work with school, with a very active extracurricular life, with, you know, a philanthropic nonprofit perspective. So how do you do it all? What are some things that you're learning about yourself that are working for you that you might want to share with others as they're they're also trying to improve their professional ability to maintain their energy and pick the right topics and stay productive?
1: Yes, and and that's that's really interesting because right before getting into FEMBA, you don't think you can squeeze in a business school program. And then all of a sudden you're in FEMBA and you can find time to do extracurriculars at school. And then all of a sudden you're doing school, work, extracurriculars, and you have time to get in the whole nonprofit organization. And it's interesting how you can squeeze so many things in 24 hours. And one thing that I've really learned uh, in the last two years at, at UCLA is I've tried to focus on being A smart worker than a hard worker. Mm. I've kind of focused on those 20% of the things that can get 80% of my work done. And being more effective than what I do has kind of given me and freed up a lot of my time. It has been stressful. But at the same time, one of the things that I really focus on in life is like, active and inactive aspects of your life have to be in sync you know with all the smartphones and smart homes and smart cars that we keep on talking about feel like we're always on the move always on the run you know checking our emails and texts and and CCLE and, and everything that happens. But being inactive or just being still is, mm-hmm. is really, really crucial in kind of balancing and finding time for things. So the first thing that I do when I get up every morning is carve out 45 minutes when I just go for a walk or go for mm. a run. And that's my me time. right? Mm-hmm. I don't check my phones. I don't even look at my laptop. I only focus on my me time. And that kind of gets me into the groove for the rest of the day, because I've already done something for myself, right? Mm -hmm. I've given something that I deserve just in the first 45 minutes of my day. Mm -hmm. And going forward, I can, you know, take that forward to, you know, at work or at school or or activities. So one thing that I would recommend everyone would be to balance your active and inactive time, find time for stillness, you know, is really crucial in today's time not looking at your complete to-do lists. You know, we look at to-do lists and get overwhelmed, and, and I used to get overwhelmed all the time, but I've kind of started looking at one solitary task at a time, You know, mm-hmm. giving your best and moving forward. Just staying happy, being humble, you know, being hungry for success, because you only have three years at UCLA. I flew Mm. eight thousand miles. How can I maximize my three years? What can I do? I'll have all the free time after three years when there's no FEMBA program. How can I get the most out of these three years? And the clock's ticking. That kind of pushes me to do more and more. You know, driving from Orange County to school itself is 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 a battle. But (laughs) yes, uh, (laughs) yes, our uh, beloved four hundred five, our beloved four hundred five. That's where your podcast. <laughs> uh, it helps me save forty-five minutes because uh, I'm listening to what my peers are doing, what my mm-hmm. colleagues are doing, what other people in the school are doing to save time or better time management, and we get to know, you know, our fellow peers uh, more intricately. So, so thank you once again for for all of that. And yeah, that's that's my two cents on how I've managed
0: the last year and a half, two years. I, I know you you have the results, so you've you've created the results. Everybody loves results, and results always come from our actions. And you have a smile on your face, <laughs> you know, which is different than just holding your breath and running like heck. You know, you do have to pace yourself, I think, for FEMBA specific, but for life in general. Uh, the fact that you have a smile on your face and that you have enough time to give to your nonprofit commitment, your philanthropic commitment, that's a real testament to be doing that during school. You know, the the Time Magazine uh, section is American Genius. And as I said a moment ago, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that America has you here as a as a contributor for a period of your life, however long we'll see you you you're probably going to go keep jet setting around the world, is what I what I predict. But who can say? So um, it's been a very much a pleasure to uh, share this conversation, Akshay. I appreciate you you know coming forward and letting me know these these good things. And we'll have the links here at the bottom of the podcast where people can read more about the Business Insider and the Time Magazine. And be curious to see what the second half of Femba brings for you.
1: Definitely. It's, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thanks everyone for listening. And um, don't know how we'll top this next time, but we will do our best. Uh, today's guest has been Akshay Grover, Senior Sales Executive at Siemens Building Technologies and coming up towards the end of his second year of FEMBA. He's part of the class of 2018. So look him up on LinkedIn or reach out. and We hope to have you listen to another podcast in the very near future. Thank you.